This episode of the Good and the Bad and the Geeky podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. Audible.com. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Warning! The podcast you're about to hear is very filthy. We say naughty words you would use as an adult anyway. It will cause you not to eat your vegetables and your mom generally thinks it's a bad idea. Any moment of the show that has any similarity to the history of any person living or dead, real or fictional, to real events are entirely unintentional and coincidental. Unless we're specifically noted otherwise in the cast and crew credits, all celebrity voices are impersonated and no celebrity has endorsed any aspect of the show. D4K Studios in Columbus, Ohio. It's the good, the bad, and the geeky. Hey everyone, and welcome out to episode 180.2. Zero? Point two. We'll go point two. Point two. Point two. Will it be point one? I'm Nick Nitro, and along with me is... Jerome Wetzel. Right, and, and uh, we're Or gonna, Jimmy. Or Jimmy, and we're going to do a full episode. We're not going to do the normal Jerome Wetzel jingle, because you're here for the full, full episode. Island in the sun. Okay, we can start. Yeah. Um, if you, by the way, anything on tonight's show you want to talk to us about, 614-364-4088 or goodbaggeeky at gmail.com. And uh, we have a lot of TV shows to talk about, but first things first. You. Uh, we recorded another episode right before this, and uh, if your name is Amy and... Uh, <laughs> I don't think you should listen to it. Um, uh, maybe, uh, or if you, if you, or if you out there want to hear me bear my soul, then you can listen to that. And that is the original episode 180. I'm going to tell you, and, it's, and you can get it if you buy the GBG app. Uh, and you know what? I might post the link to download the bonus app, bonus episode, in the show notes for those who don't have the app because you want to get everybody to hear it. I want to get everybody to hear this. Um, well, I don't know. I still might change my mind and just make it available. And so this is episode 180.2 or if not episode one. This is 180. That's episode 180.8 or 188 or no, point this one. will be episode 182. Uh, this is episode or maybe, 182 or episode 181. Okay. It's okay. If I publish that one to the normal fee without making it a bonus episode, that one will be published first. This one will be published second. I got you. Okay. Okay. With that being said, Jimmy, how have you been? I've been good. How have you been? Well, we talk about that in that episode. Oh, so now you want to know what's going on in my life. So much. Surprisingly, yes. So much. Um, For one, I signed a lease and got some keys to a new townhouse this morning. Kitchen. Uh, Which is great because since we moved back from Kentucky, you know, it took us a while to find decent paying jobs. And then it took us even longer to find a place to live. And we're definitely ready to be out of relative's house and into our own place oh, again that you're trying to be polite and not say your mom and dad well uh, yeah i mean i'm married and everything so i guess there's nothing to be ashamed of and we were only there a few months it's not like we were there a year or no, two no, years right and, well, they were doing that they were being very polite of, of giving you and they basically gave us like practically a floor of the house as our own space so yeah that's really cool yeah i mean mom. it were it wasn't bad at all um not that it was bad we just have been dying for our own space again and so i've got a whole van load of stuff outside right now waiting for me after we do the podcast i'm gonna go unload it at the new place right and uh, that's that's really awesome and, and which is really close to the d4k studios that's where right. we record this i won't have to drive across town anymore that's right only nathan will 
Uh, yeah, when I, he found out, I was talking to him last night when he found out I was moving to Worthington. He's like, you too. I'm like, sorry. Aww. I know, he should just move up here and join us. I, and the thing is, I've actually offered him mm-hmm. to just pay his half of the rent and if he would just cover some of the bills, mm-hmm. the other bills like cable and yeah. uh, whatever. And he's well, I, because it. he's still got a life in West Jeff. He's still got friends and the pizza place and, you know. Well... I'm sorry, but he complains that he can't find any sub jobs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, and, and his school's up here. And I'm like, well, why not yeah. do both? Or mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Like, yeah. yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. But uh, no, but I get it. I get it, though. But we have a lot of TV to talk about because, again, we were we sort of three weeks without, four weeks without Jerome Muscle TV. Oh, yeah, it's been a while. And we already had, like, a list of things ready to talk about a couple weeks ago. And then the storm hit and the power was out and we couldn't record. Right. And I said you could come and record at my house, but I don't have all the equipment you have. We've right. had little USB to. microphones on the computer. And I do have the levelator and stuff, but it wouldn't same. have been as good. No, exactly. it wouldn't have been. Right. And, you know, you had enough crap to deal with with no power. So oh, right. we took a week off. Um and during that week, I read The Walking Dead comic books issue 1 through 48, otherwise known as the Compendium 1. Mm-hmm. And how was it? Uh, it was fantastic. I could not stop reading it. I ended up reading more than half of it in one sitting. And not that it was that long because it's, you know, a comic. But I I really wanted to immediately get the next issue because I know they're up to issue like 100 they or 101. Right. And this stopped at 48, but the Compendium 2, I already pre-ordered a copy for October, and if I'd start buying the volumes already out, it would be more expensive anyway, so I'm just going to wait for Compendium 2 in October, and then I'll probably buy them by volume instead of waiting for the Compendiums, because it was a it was a really surprising comic, mm-hmm. um, and it was really neat. Uh, they did some different things. The they the first two vo- basically Compendium One covers the first eight volumes, uh-huh. and Season One was kind of the first volume, and Season Two was kind of the second volume. So they haven't gotten all that far into the comic. Like they were up through Volume Two or Three, um, right? And the next like five volumes are the prison and the governor and all that dark crappy stuff. And Issue Forty Eight ended with a virtual bloodbath. Just. So many people died. Now, does Rick still have his hand when they get to the prison? When they get to the prison, yes. The governor cuts it off when he captures them later. Spoiler alert. So we'll see if they do that in the show because the show does a lot of things differently. People die in different places. What killed me is Lori gives birth to the infant child in the prison. And when the governor attacks the prison and it's a bloodbath and lots of people die, Herschel bites the dust, um... The farmer, some other people. Lori gets gunned down with her infant in her arms, and yeah. they're both killed. And I'm just like, oh my god! I really hope they keep that. Not because I don't like the actress who plays Lori, but because it was such a powerful scene. Yeah. But that could be three seasons from now. The way they, although I don't know, because they stretched out season one. They didn't want to get to the farm, so they had to kind of stretch out a little bit because the farm was a whole another big and story. Also Shane and they added in the CDC thing. Yeah, Shane gets killed in volume one, and they That's pretty quick. Well, but they there's some different characters. Like there are some characters that are in the comics that aren't in the show, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And so Shane kind of served the purpose of another character that they didn't use in the show. So it kind of all worked out. Um, Dale's still alive in forty eight, which I just no, finished, Dale and he died. died in the show. No, yeah. So that was part of a, from what I remember hearing from TV line or whatever, that was sort of. That was the Frank Darabont thing. Yeah, it was leading yeah. to that. And it's not, he had no problem with the show, but also he did want to go because he just. But uh, then he changed his mind at the last minute. They're like, too late. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, but I, I think perhaps like, well, I guess my point was, you know, the, they had to stretch out the first season a little bit, even though it was only six episodes because they didn't want to get to Herschel's farm. So they added in the CDC thing, which was, I thought, better than what they did in the comics where they went to some neighborhood in the comics for like one night and then got run off. I liked the CDC thing better. Um, with Herschel's farm, they stretched that out because the prison and the governor was a whole other story. They didn't want to start in season three. So they did the Sophia thing and whatever. Uh, but I think perhaps in season three and moving forward, they might pick up the pace of through the comic because I can't see the governor thing lasting more than like a season or two. Um, and they could get through the whole governor story in one or two seasons. Oh, they're doing 16 episodes this season. Oh, 16 episodes. So they they could probably do it in 16 episodes. uh, It might be a little tight. I would prefer if they'd split it over two seasons, but I could see them doing it in one. They could probably get it in. Uh, they did say there's some characters that get hurt and tortured and stuff pretty early in that storyline and they're new characters. So I know they want to give you more time to care about those characters before the bad things happen, Mm -hmm. which makes me think they are going to stretch it a bit, but they have cast the governor. So we know he's coming. Yeah, do you see the the San Diego Con trailer of it? No, you see him in action. It's pretty. Uh, I did not, but that's like I try to stay away from trailers and spoilers, and but I love the comics, so it was really neat. Um, can't wait to read more of them. Wow. Well, I've uh, I've recently got into. I'll, I'll review some comic books. Okay. Um, I recently I've been into Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man. I, I mean, to the point where I'm picking up the book again, and it's by by, by Dan Slott. Absolutely fantastic. There's a whole storyline called Spider Island. It wrapped up maybe a few months ago. Is this the Spider-Man with the black Puerto Rican kid or whatever? No, that's Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh, okay. Well, I have uh, – matter of fact, there's a storyline they're doing right now called Spider-Man where Peter from our – you know, the one that we know meets that kid because what – and I have that book too, which is Peter Dies mm-hmm. in that timeline. And it's actually – it's very rushed because usually Brian Michael Bendis is the guy who writes those books. Mm-hmm. He takes his time, like in the original Ultimate Spider-Man, which is what that black kid or the Puerto Rican kid's from. Yeah, he didn't become Spider-Man until about probably seven, eight issues in. Oh wow! Yeah, like they very slow, methodical plotting, and then you have six issues where it just leads up to his death, and you're like, it felt very just crammed in there. But the last line of dialogue, which is he saves uh, Mary Jane, helps kill the Goblin with with Peter's help, and but that's what happens. Like uh, Peter gets shot. And he just keeps overextending himself and overextending himself. And so his last line to Aunt May, which is spoiler alert, um, but you already know he's dead because the black kids are already placed and they made a big deal about it in the news, which says, uh, uh, you know, I couldn't save Uncle Ben, but at least I could save you. Mm-hmm. And at least I saved you, Aunt May. And then he dies. And you're just like, oh, Aww. my God. Like, Because, you know, I, told, I showed my dad that and, dad, and I was like, Dad, if you ever thought Spider-Man would be killed off, Peter would die. Like do you think that lived up to like, that that scene lived up to it and he's like it was better than that and i was like i agree because in your head you're like they're never going to they're never going to kill peter you know no matter if it really does reach the year 2099 when they even have a supposedly spider-man 2099 it'll still be peter parker marvel will find some way to upgrade the entire universe of marvel to make it consistent for that generation mm-hmm. and it'll you know it'll still be peter yeah so yeah but like you're just like wow, I was good. Well, uh, but Dan Slott does a story called uh, uh, Spider Island, where you know how the bit bugs uh, past few years have been really bagging worse and worse every year. Well, the spin on that from Dan Slott is that it was a test from uh, uh, one of the really Spider Man's foes, um, and that uh, makes so much sense. Who created the clone? And his thing is that he's testing how quick they spread through New York. 
to spread one final batch, and those are ones that are bit with radioactive powers. So the entire city of New York gets bit and turned into Spider-Men. And so then... Would they be bed bug men? Bed bug men, but they're with the Spider-Man's... Because he's the creator of the clone, Mm. Spider-Man's clone powers, which is web-slinging and all that stuff. Mm. And so he pays... He goes out at one point and just pays people like thousands of dollars to put on Spider-Man suits and just calls havoc with the powers and they do. And so like Spider-Man comes in at one point swinging and he's like, guys, I'm here to help the Avengers. And they're like, sure you are. That's what that guy over there said. And like Wolverine guts him and the thing smashes him into the pavement. And the episode, it, it like one part ends with him just like bleeding there almost to death because it's a town covered in Spider-Man of all the different costumes and all. It was awesome. And it, it was wonderfully written. It was wonderfully written. But, uh, so you get a chance to check that out. Um, but uh, yeah, so Walking Dead's pretty good. Um, have you have you read uh, Razzle by Jeff Smith? I have not. That is fantastic because I know I got you into Bone. You did. I read the entire. You bought me the big giant Bone, yeah. And then you got me that After Bone, yeah, or whatever. Is it called After Bone? It's uh, it's or Before Bone. Before Bone, which shows um, some of the original strips back when right. he was a guy, a, a, a student here at, at OSU. OSU. Um, and I've read both of those completely. Yeah. So they were very good. Well, uh, Razzle's a little bit more grown up and adult. As a matter of fact, I think it would be a wonderful. But I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. You too. They mm. have lots of toys at Toys R Us that I, I can, can play, play with. with. From boards and games to video. I fucked it up. From something and something to video games. It's the best It's toy. the biggest toy store, store there is. I don't want to grow up. Because if, if I did, I, I want to be a Toys R Us kid. Woo, take it home. I want to be a Toys R Us so, that was pretty good for following each other improv wise. I know, even though it was very bad. Right? I mean, that's okay. It was it was better than the guys in Silent Live. They improv their songs and like try to pretend they've made them up ahead of time. Oh, I know that's horrible. It is a horrible sketch. But anyway, okay. So uh, we digress. Yeah, we digress. Continue. Continue talking about shows. We're, so we're, many shows to talk so about. Uh, real quick, I just saw a movie this afternoon. Did you see that movie yet? Ted? Yes. I did, yes. Okay. So um, we could talk about Ted real quick. Sure. Because it was – I thought it was really good. I was, liked that humor. Well, I don't like Seth MacFarlane's shows anymore. I haven't liked him for a long time. And so his his method of humor is also a little lost on me. Where a geese – a geese. I geese – in terms of the television, yes. I do not like it anymore. I guess that. But uh, no, I, I just... But the There movie, are a lot of really funny bits and references, like the little Indiana Jones bit. Yeah. You well, just hear the doo-doo-doo-doo as he reaches back to grab his ear. And, yeah, because his ear gets ripped off at one point. Yeah, I mean, there's just lots of little gags. I love all the Flash Gordon references. I was thinking while I was in the theater... You know, when you compare, uh, when you bring up other movies and reference other movies, you're inevitably going to be compared to those other movies. Right. So Seth MacFarlane has a brilliant idea. If you know you're going to be compared to other movies that you reference, reference the shittiest movie ever made, and then Ted will seem brilliant by comparison. Nobody's going to argue that Flash Gordon is better than Ted. Flash Gordon may be more iconic than Ted, it's, it's a but cult it's not cl- a better movie. Dude, it's a cult classic. I love it because it's terrible, and I think most people that love it love it because it's really bad. So, But that love turns into genuine love. Because it's bad, not because it's good. I loved 
I I liked Ted a lot. I cried when he died, and yeah, I I, I, I teared up a little bit too. But Patrick Stewart was, I think, the Patrick best. Stewart was awesome as the narrator, and I loved Ryan Reynolds. Had no lines, but his he played Patrick Warburton's gay lover. Spoiler alert. That's okay. Uh, and great Tom Skerritt cameo. Just lots of good stuff. What are you looking at? Oh, no. I heard noises, and I was like, what are you fucking... Um, oh, you're playing with your pizza box. With my foot. Okay, fair foot enough. Foot pizza. That is code. No, it's not. It is? For I what? I don't know. Oh. It's but I would recommend seeing movie. Ted. Would you recommend seeing oh, Ted? Yeah. I wouldn't consider it the funniest movie ever made. No, but it was a good, enjoyable, solid. It was, a, it was an enjoyable, R, hard R-rated film. It almost felt like a movie in the 90, like 20 years ago. It had a lot of heart, which is something missing in a lot of those types of movies. Uh, Lately. No, see, I, well, I think the commies try too hard to be what Judd Apatow is, but without the heart. And mm-hmm. Judd Apatow does the heart stuff somewhere. He does a heart, but he does it in a different style than they used to do it, whereas Ted hearkened back to a, well, the John Hughes era of style. I'm not saying it was a John Hughes movie, but... Well, I think... I think Actually, here's what I really think about Judd Apatow, and I like Judd Apatow. A great Tell show. us what you really think, Nick. But here's what I really think. He really uh, thinks he's a... Nice guy. Are we done? Yes. Okay. I... <laughs> <laughs> Dick move one to Nick. Uh, no, I I, uh, I I like his stuff, but I think after Forty Year Old Virgin, he's never really found a way to make both be equal with the heart and the humor. Forty Year Old Virgin is his best work. Yeah. Now, see, I like funny people, but yeah. it's not a funny movie. No, I liked it, but yeah, it wasn't a comedy to me. No, that's what I'm saying, and I don't think. And thing is, I think the problem is the CEO marketed it as a comedy, but it's not they a did. comedy. It's his. It's honestly, I think it was his version of Citizen Kane for comedians. Okay, I don't know if I'd go that far with it. Well, but. his version of it, okay. which is it's the movie about comedians for for people who want to know what it's like to be a comedian or, or fame and deal with all that. But it's not really that funny. And I think that was a problem of he tried too hard to give too much heart, but in the process, he lost the humor, which it was marketed as. It was very bad because even knocked up. Had a little bit of heart, but you could tell they edited the hell out of it and lost stuff in between. But I digress. Um, yeah, so Ted was Ted was a good movie. It was. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll move on to television. Some of these I had on our list. I'm going to skip just for the sake of time because I don't have that much to say about them anyway. Um, what did you think about Perception? You I, did not write a review, so... I was going to. It was on my list, and uh, the more I thought about it, the more it bothered me. And in a way that I really didn't know what to say about it. And I was going to wait for the podcast to talk about it because sincerely, I, I just didn't know what to say. Um, and no matter how hard I tried, I really tried hard about what to, what to say or what to think or what to, whatever about it. And I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it really – and I, I don't know, like – I liked it. I mean, there definitely was a, you don't know what's really happening for sure, what's going on in his head. I mean, they drop enough little mysteries and things in there. I saw it coming from a mile away that that one woman wasn't real, but 
you know. Uh, well, once they introduced the one guy as not being there, and I was like, oh, the girl probably is. Too. Yeah, that's. But yeah. then you saw her like, I don't know, they did that. You never saw her interact with anyone, though, and I had that in the back of my. The, actually, the first scene she was in on the couch, I was like, why is she not referenced? Why is she not noticed? Is she really there? Blah, blah, blah. Right. Well, that's one of those things where I remembered that and I forgot about it up until the very end. And I'm like, mm. oh, she's walking in class. Yeah, I figured they'd save it for the end of the episode. That I was waiting for that the whole almost the whole hour. Yeah, but right when I saw him sitting there talking to her in in the courtyard and it was the end, I was like, oh, she's not real. Like, I remembered. I was like, oh, shit. I fell for it. I didn't uh, at all. Well, but, I didn't fall for but it. That it distracted me enough that I stopped paying attention to that thought, which is I don't think she's real, mm. just for a bit. Because then once I was like, oh, yeah, she's not real. Yeah. I, I liked, I think... Um, I mean, I wasn't completely full yeah. by it. Completely full would be, I, that would have never th- crossed my mind at all. Right. But, like, it's one of those things where the show was edited and shot away for me that even though that was in the back of my mind, it distracted me just a little bit enough that I was like, oh, shit, yeah, she's fake. I think Aaron McCormick did a good job, though, and I like Eric McCormick, and I'm glad he's getting a chance to do something a little different. Rachel Lee Cook, I like her, too. And I think yeah, she... I do. I, I I don't know. Like, I wish this was more like a miniseries movie than it was a show. I, cause that's what I'm saying. I'm very conflicted about it, and I don't know how I really feel about it because that's why I didn't write – because every time I sat down to write about it, like, I didn't have anything good or bad to say, and I didn't know why. And I think it's one of those things where I need to see at least two more episodes to really get a judgment of it, um, especially because the previews for next week sort of gave it that there is no – or it didn't promote any case. I didn't watch like the preview issues because I don't usually watch previews yes, anymore. I know. But, but I do. You do? Yes. So talk about it. I did. I know. And I interrupted you and said, I don't really watch those anymore. Yeah. And now we're done. <laughs> I pissed Nick off because <laughs> I interrupted him and rained on his parade. Uh, it's okay. Um, you know what? You did that earlier. Unintentionally. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Listen to the last episode. Uh <laughs> Uh, um, I'm sorry. Did you watch Inside Men on BBC America? BBC, 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 BBC. It almost sounded like you said BBC. BBC, BBC, BBC America. No, I did not. Uh, It was really neat. It's only a four-part series. Okay, and they've had (laughs) what? (laughs) Nothing. Uh, They've had three of them so far. The finales this week um, coming up, Uh, and it's. Three guys working like for this money counting facility, and they steal the money counting. Facility. They do, and they come up with this elaborate way to steal money from them. And it's really gritty. It's really neat. And I like the fact that it's only going to be four hours, and that's it. They're not making a second series, so it's self-contained. What if it gets really popular, Jimmy? No, this was already made. Like it's a British show, and it was it aired a while ago in Jimmy, Britain. You do remember that The Office was only made to be one series, right? And that became two. And then Ricky Gervais said, nope, that's it, because I don't do anything past two or three years. Okay, now, Jimmy, let's go back to it was only supposed to be one. Mm -hmm. How long was there between series one and two? Two years, I think. Okay. Well, I I mean, BBC America, I don't think we'll ever boost anything. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever boost anything enough to America. strike out on something and get a second. See, the other show I was watching... Um, that is 2012, which mm, I'm not show? that into. Yeah, it's called 2012, and it's about the committee getting ready for the 2012 Olympic Games in London. Oh, okay. And it stars the guy from um, um, Downton Abbey. Oh. 
And, and it was okay. I didn't find it overly humorous. I watched a couple episodes and I'm kind of like, eh, I'll probably watch some more, but it's not like super awesome. Um, Futurama's back. Okay. And they got a little, they got into the emotional stuff a little bit. Okay, like, now. When Leela told Fry, because Fry was like something about marriage material, and she's like, not yet, but okay. you're getting there. Now, I want to ask you, did the, the first two episodes, do you feel like they were trying too hard? Yes. Okay. And that episode with Leela's parents mm-hmm. was the, matter of fact, every episode after those first two episodes, it felt, everything just felt like classic Futurama. Like anything you wanted, like Decision 3012 mm-hmm. was hilarious and he even mm-hmm. had that surprise twist which they brought back bender's big game yeah or bender's big score which is the tattoo right Sorry, I uh, yeah i caught that i thought that was cool and then and then the whole thing is like nope you didn't win what do you mean i didn't win no nixon's still gonna win well he went back in time right to stop nixon but he stopped nixon from being elected which means he just phased himself out of, of existence and i'm like oh shit and he did and i was like that was a great sci-fi futurama twist it was and I mean, I miss the show when it gets too goofy, and I I felt like they've done some strong episodes this summer well, so far. They, they've done some good comedy stuff, but they also brought the sci-fi stuff back in, yeah. and then again, little moments like between Fry and Leela, mm-hmm. um, which kind of gives you a little bit more of the on again, off again look into that, right? You know, well, the promos I remember just general promos I've seen are just stills of images that I see. Futurama, I try not to watch because I don't watch Comedy Central normally, and so if I'm on Facebook, they'll show like a still. Um, when you're just sk- skimming through, I saw still like Leela wearing barely nothing on top of Zap, and I'm like, Jesus God, not a fuck. You know what? I'm not even going to look at the clip because if I do, I'm going to get mad mm-hmm. because I got really mad when they did that last season where they, she fucked Zap for the sake of the betterment of mankind or mm-hmm. whatever because she thought everyone was dead because Zap tricked her. Um, so I, I, I didn't watch it, and, it, and it, it, nothing like that really happened. She was trying; she wasn't going to go that far with it. She was just trying to prove a point. And it ended up still working out. And of course, there was that lovely moment between Fry and Leela, which was, you know, you know, Fry, you're not there yet, but you're almost marriage material. And he's like, "Really? I am. All right." Yeah, because some of that episode was kind of predictable and well, dro- no, totally. But, you know, for a fact, by the end of the episode, they were going to get back together. Right, but moments like that are what you go, "Okay, this is the future of my love." Right now, yeah, because see, those first two episodes, like, I wish they just had ten more minutes at least to mm-hmm. just do something else because it felt very. Hand hand fisted. Yeah, yeah. I think I like the beginning opening of the episode. Although each oh, the time beer, they bring the beer, it back, beer, 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 beer. Uh, that was the best opening they've done in such a long time. But then it got ruined by the rest of the episode a little bit. Yeah. Oh no, that was thirty twelve, wasn't it? Decision thirty twelve. Um, no, I I can't even remember what the opening of the season was, but I know it was another cheeky reference about getting renewed, and I oh, enjoyed it. No, I no, I enjoyed that. No, oh, I was how thirty twelve. The one okay. I think it was thirty twelve was one where he's like. They they go past mm-hmm. it and it says free beer and then mm-hmm. it goes it stops and reverses the theme and they go yes. through it and it, he goes free beer free beer free beer 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 and then he goes down and gets the beer. I was like that is the best fucking opening to Futurama they've done in a long time yeah. I don't know I, I loved it no I, I am unbiasedly I feel like Fry sometimes and I I I like that I'm not, I'm not a fucking idiot right like he is well I was, apparently he can be but um <laughs> if so listen to the press episode you'll see why um. Yeah, I, I know. I really like that. So I, I've loved it. And I, yeah, because especially after I felt bad about bitching about those first two episodes, I was like, God damn, mm-hmm. if they tried really too hard and then back to form. So yeah. anyway. Um, and you see Aqua Teen, Hunger Force changed their title again. It made me miss the first couple episodes. I wasn't 
up enough on the DVR, but you know, last year he changed it to Aqua Unit Patrol Squad One. Now it's Aqua something, you know, whatever. <laughs> and it's a new theme song, and the theme song sucks. But the the there've been like three episodes so far of this new thing, and mm-hmm. two of them were really good. Like some of the best work they've done. Like it's been. Are they still at home living in the house? Of course. That? The when they started Aqua Unit Patrol Squad One, they pretended they were going to get back to the roots of Mystery Team, whatever. That lasted about three minutes into the ep- first episode. Because I then it went it right on. back to what it was. I turned it on, and yeah. yeah, I watched, and I was like, "This is not. I can't watch this." And so I turned it. But on. it was only. It wasn't even a whole episode. It was just a few minutes. No, it was about five to eight minutes of the episode. Okay, it might have been five, but it wasn't the whole episode. It ended up being like they were watching themselves on TV. Yeah, something. no, no, they ditched that. And then the rest of the season last year was just typical Aqua Teen. But this, like, they did a really great episode where Carl fell in love with the girl and him and Frylock were fighting over the girl, but she was really like the female version of, of Carl. Like, she had the white wife beater. Her belly was hanging out. She oh. wore sweatpants shorts. Oh. Um... No, it was a good episode, and they've done. I mean, I feel like the stories haven't. I think some of the weaker stories are shake centric stories, and shake works better as the distraction in the episode sometimes. And I, or they haven't. Good, or he's good at causing the plot to happen, and then just again, and then just sitting back and being the side, the yeah, the, yeah, the aggravating. Yeah, like my my favorite episode ever of that show is Moth Mothma Man. Yes, and he, he starts that, but he's like. What's that? It's a vampire bus out there. I'm going to find out who is the vampire in the bus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Love it. No, I mean, it's... John Benjamin. Yes. Yeah. There have been some times when... turn uh, on the light, please? Because I'm, I'm really... <laughs> light, and I just want you to know that I like light. <laughs> Are you going to suck my blood? Uh, no, dude. I'm not going to suck your blood. <laughs> I just want you to turn on the light. Oh, and then you'll suck my light. No, no. you let it go about the blood. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just I, I was just glad to see it return to it's, yeah. good humor because for a while it it just got stupid. It did, and lately this season it looks like they might. I mean, not, I'm sure it's not going to be every episode because there was one episode so far that I didn't really care for. But you know, Aqua some good Teen, stuff. The, the the downfall of Aqua Teen, the, the first out of season three or four, honest to God, was the beginning of the end for for me feeling like a cartoon hippie or a hipster, which is. I liked all the, those shows before they were cool, and then once mm-hmm. they got cool, it's like literally everyone who did them was like, "We're gonna do whatever," and you're and you like it anyway, and it's still popular, so fuck you. And ha, we're funny, and I'm like, "No, you're not that funny anymore." It's because you're just doing whatever. Just fucking try to be funny. Yeah, please, dear God, be funny. Try at least, and it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't watch any of that stuff anymore. I think that's teens had problem. more seasons, though, than, like, anything else well, I on understand that. that, but, like, I, even yeah. when I try to watch new shows on, on Adult Swim... I, I don't like most it. of the new ones. Well, the ones I lo- end up liking are not their cartoons. Like, I love Children's sure. Hospital. I love NTSFSDSUV, um, the spinoff of Children's Hospital. And they're doing a third one this <sighs> coming year. See, I didn't like Children's Hospital. Oh, I love Children's Hospital. They do like different genres and styles and things all the time. It's mm-hmm. really cool. It's David Wayne, and I love David Wayne. Right. Um, so, yeah, those are the – and I still watch Robot Chicken. Now, Robot Chicken is the only one I do still occasionally watch, but I forget to tape it. And it's – because it's like – we've had this conversation before. There are, there are some networks I don't normally watch. I, I forget to de- try to yeah. DVR it, and that's – it's like Comedy Central. It took me forever to find Futurama. Mm-hmm. Same thing with – I love Robot Chicken. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, there was a show called Thirteen on Reels. 
which was supposed to be like a born identity type series. Oh, yeah. I don't even remember what happened in the first episode. It was that forgettable. Fantastic. Don't watch anymore. I forget ever. having this conversation. Did we talk about 13 yet? No, we didn't. Okay, there's a show called 13 Unreals. Uh-huh. It's stupid, and the guy doesn't have memories of things, and it's kind of like the Born Identity. It's very forgettable. It is very forgettable. So moving on, um, I, I think we haven't talked about 13 yet, so that's on Reels channel. <laughs> I was seeing how long we can keep that going. I think that's the, that was three. That was the magic three. Three is the magic number. Um, moving on to uh, Showtime. Weeds and episodes return. I, I love like, episodes. I don't like weeds, but episodes. Weeds kind of pissed me off because I had to write a review of the premiere before it aired, and they specifically said the press materials do not reveal who got shot or who did the shooting. Well, I understand why they don't want me to reveal who did the shooting, but last season ended with seeing Nancy through the scope of a sniper rifle, and then the screen goes black, and there's a gunshot. Nancy got shot. Writing a review, not talking about who got shot, considering the whole episode was them in the hospital around her bedside, was almost fucking impossible. And it was obvious minute, that wait, Nancy wait, wait, was wait. the one that got shot. They did that with Covert Affairs, but they said, please try not to release anything on, on, on Covert Affairs. I, did they say- Covert Affairs was freaking sweet. I did Man. not see Jay's death coming. I didn't. I like so. how they're doing like Augie running the other department, and Annie is so on the set of Twenty Four. Sarah Clark, who's playing her new boss, yeah, was, was Nina, Nina on Twenty Four, yeah. who was the evil mole in season one. And her name is Lena on Covered Affairs, and they go into her department, and it looks like the CTU set for Twenty Four. It even right. has like the same phone ring, and I'm like, there's no way she's not fucking evil. Well, I, I don't. Okay, I had a very different view of Covered Affairs, which is I. I had problems with it, which is it felt like it was trying too hard. Okay, last season they tried the whole Augie's running a different department thing and mm-hmm. took him away from Annie. And to me, that is sort of the bane of the show mm-hmm. in terms of relationship, in terms of what keeps the show. Well, they're still going to do that. Well, they're going undercover. It's episode three or four. They're going to be undercover playing a married couple. Well, uh, well did, uh, you you know, did you get screeners for those? No, I interviewed Christopher Gorham and he was talking about oh, the direction they're going. Okay. And they're definitely going to do some Annie Augie stuff this season. Okay, well, I think that was my problem was last season they did that and they mm-hmm. separate, they kept them apart for too long. Right. And so my review was more of like, look, I like where they're going, mm-hmm. but after seeing what they did, how they did it last season, it, I'm a little doubtful. And also... Well, I think that now the purpose of having them in different departments are so they can date. They can't really both date in Joan's department. But, but see, that's the other thing though too is that now I you I think have, that's the direction they're going to go. now you have Joan... All by herself, I know it's so sad. And, and I don't think Jade's dead, by the way. No, I don't. So I don't. They didn't show his body. Some suspicious guy that looked like a familiar guest character followed him out. Right. Uh, and they left him in the theme song. Right. Well, here's the other thing that bothers me about that too. Did you watch Missing Any? Yeah, I watched like three or four episodes. Okay. Of that. I I knew I called it then that he, the dad is still alive. Sean Bean's still alive. He is. He, I didn't watch that far. He survived. I didn't watch it that far either. But someone told me about it at work. Or I work with. Yeah. They love the show. I don't like, really care. Sean Bean was still alive, and I was like, I knew, I called that from day one. And I'm like, I bet you it's the same thing. If they I can show Sean Bean getting in the car and blowing up, yeah. they can show Jay walking into the car and getting blown up too. We didn't see him get in the car. We saw the car blow up. No, we did see him get in the car. It's in the background. It's very it's background? clever how they okay. do that. Yeah. I still don't believe he's dead. I mean, I could be wrong, and I think it'll cheapen it if he's not, but I don't think he is. Well, you see him get in the car, and because they do a wide mm-hmm. master shot. Yeah. Um, when the waitress comes up and tells her about the thing, but then mm-hmm. and you see him walk around, and get in the car. Yeah, because that's how you see the one guy 
move past I her. thought that was okay now you're right I know what you're talking about now yeah yeah and so then because um, I've, I've I, well, I, that was the thing about my review I felt so uneasy about how I felt about covert affairs I watched it three to four times mm-hmm. I watched it about yeah, three, I saw your, yeah yeah I watched it three times before it came out and then I watched the actual edited the TV version and I was like Wow. Was the TV version any different? Because I only watched the screener. No, the only thing they, they had was, and maybe I'm wrong on this, I swear to God, I swore the original version had Jay taken out of the credits. No, the version that I watched on Screener Online did not have him taken out. He was in oh, it. Oh, he was? Yeah. I, okay, I must have. Because he got blown up, and then immediately after bom, that, he was in bom, the credits. Bom, bom, and I was like, bom, that, bom, 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 that right there just confirms my theory that he's yeah. alive. Otherwise, why not take him out? Remember, though, remember what they had to do with Adrian Pazdar and Heroes? He was dead. But he was on contract, so they had to pay yeah. him and keep him in the credits, even though he was dead. Yeah, it could be a situation like that. Could be, probably not though. Probably not. Uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to go. No, you covered errors, but uh, uh, white and white uh, collar came back too for USA. I, I I was so looking forward, even though I'm behind the show. I was wanting mm-hmm. to at least watch the first episode back. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was I kind just of a lackluster so episode. Really? Yeah, I mean. The Neil was just kind of on an aisle. They had some cool twists. I like the twist at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that they're going to be on the island for probably at least one more episode. And they had right. some good guest stars in that show. Uh, but overall, I was kind of like, eh, you know, it's good, but it wasn't as good as last season was to me. So we'll see how where they go from here. Well, um, there were some nice Peter Neil moments, but uh, well. We got we got one to USA shows and I didn't mean to take away oh, episodes. episodes. I love episodes. I now see I've seen the first four and I'm gonna get the next I'm gonna get the last set of episodes. Um, I haven't been on the I don't usually go on and watch them online. I've got the Showtime screener access, but I usually I just wait. Do too. Do you? Yeah. Um, but I usually just wait and uh, right. Well, I well here's the thing. I love the first season, but it was very uneasy, uh, uneven tonally. Yeah. And this season, though, it feels like it's there. Like, it's mm-hmm. the show it always wanted to be. And and because the thing that worked in season one was the stuff with the, the, the couple and Matt. Yeah. But the problem was is that they were trying so hard to make them not like each other, not put them together, that it not until, like, the last two episodes of season one, it just didn't work that well. Mm-hmm. And then also it took a while to get to Matt, too. Yeah. And then... See this season two. Oh my god! Like I've all the episodes I've seen up to I think episode four or five. I, I haven't reviewed them yet. Episode uh, three I think comes out this week or uh, a few days ago. I'm sorry. Okay, have or I only seen week. two then? I don't know. I've watched everyone that's aired so far. Whether yeah. it was two or three. Me too. And I've seen a few episodes that haven't aired yet. Cool. And I can tell you that it is fantastic. They are on point, and it's everything I wanted the show to be. And it's nice to say that because I was so happy that. He didn't get nominated for an Emmy, but he got, he won the Golden Globe. Right, and I and he I, deserved it. He was great. He does. He does. And I hope if I I don't think the ratings are good for episodes right now. No, at in least the they get their second season. They're big in, in UK, which helps because UK helps fund it. It's right. not just a state side. But show. I do hope that that gives LeBlanc more acting roles outside. Oh yeah, because uh, out of everyone, I hate to say this, but uh, out of everyone, uh, sort of Courtney Cox and him have not had great. Until Cougar Town. I say that with a lot of love because she did dirt, but it fell pretty all, quickly. They did, but they've 
all got work. I mean, they had well, LeBlanc though has been well. He stayed well, out of it. Kudrow's um, web therapy came back and it's stronger this season. The no, first season was very uneven. The second season so far has but, been great. Right, but remember she had that one show. She had that uh, come yeah, back and it it a died bomb. real quick. Um, Courtney Cox had the dirty. Schwimmer was smart to stay with directing, so he doesn't. Well, okay, look. I don't think Schumer's yeah. a horrible actor. No, but I think by he, staying with directing, then whether he bombs or succeeds isn't like very publicly known by everybody. Well, I, I think I think he he well he uses what he wants to do what he wants. Which yeah. is he prefers directing. He always wanted to do that. Remember right. before he was acting, and I mean he did it for the money because he just wanted to keep his theater in Chicago going. Mm-hmm. And he he directed more. That yeah, I don't know. I I don't. I think he's the world's greatest actor, but I, I think he ha- it's like well, same thing like LeBlanc. I used to not think of him as a good actor. I know, but then you see episodes, and you're like, he can act right, and so, so well. I think it's the same principle that I. Mm-hmm. Oh, you haven't got to. Did you see the episode where they're in the funeral? No. Uh, I think it's the one girl who reviews. I think it's episode two. She reviews, and it's like uh, she's like, "Why are we doing that?" Yeah, her. Yeah, she's in. I think in the limo with all of them, and she's like, "Let me ask you a question, Matt." If you died, that would be like a friend's reunion because they'd be all at your funeral, right? <laughs> yeah, but I'd be dead. But they'd all be at your funeral, right? <laughs> but I'd be dead. You know, but I might have seen that. I might have seen, yeah. And that was the, I mean, I mean he that sold it because he was like sort of hurt by it, but he's yeah. just like, fuck you. He was kind of, oh, yeah, he's fantastic. It's so funny. Oh, I love I'm it. sorry, continue. No, you're fine. Uh, yeah. uh, moving on to FX, Louis. Okay. As good as ever. Uh, this show and one other show. It's been in season two. We will Wilfred. take a break. Yes, but Louie. And Wilfred and Louie. No, mm-hmm. Lou. You're ruining what I'm trying to set up. Here. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's talk about Louie, mm-hmm. anger at management, and then end on Wilfred, and then we'll take a break. I was trying not to say uh, that. Um, uh, do well, we, there's a reason why. There's a reason why we need to take a break. I have an interview with uh, Elijah okay. Wood. It's like five minutes. We'll okay. take a little break. Sounds and we'll come good. back, and we'll continue with the rest Okay, of so Louie, yes. good as ever. Oh god! I mean, Louis always great. There's, it's hard to say, really say too much about it because every episode is its own little individualized package, right? And we finally but, get to see his wife for the first time, who's black. Yeah, well, that's because he doesn't worry about continuity. He's just going for what best serves the story at that time well, and the actor the I best. Know, and that sort of upsets me to some degree because because uh, his little blonde haired girls couldn't possibly be her daughters. That's okay. I don't care. Louie has made me not care about things like that and just enjoy the episode. It doesn't take know. me out of the moment. It does a little bit. Because his daughters weren't in that episode. So who's to say that that reality in that episode, his daughters were little blonde-haired That's kids? True. I guess my problem with that is that he's written them so well that even though the continuity doesn't necessarily stick, they still feel part of the one continuity. The daughters still? No, everything. Okay, because like in one episode he had a sibling come visit, and they mentioned him being that being his only sibling, and then in another episode another sibling come visit. No, right. I mean they but do stuff like saying, that all the time. Beyond that, mm-hmm. and or he had his met his mother right in that one. Yeah, his sibling because that was the whole thing in the first season. He had his sibling and his mom, and they were just shitting on him for his mom ended up being gay. Yeah, I, I mean I just love that show so much. No, I, I every like episode. Just I just wish it. a little bit more. Con- I I, no. not, I don't want him to care about it a lot. But I, or I don't know. I'm not worried about continuity. I like what he's doing. Yeah, keep going. Uh, anger management not as bad as I thought it would be. Um, oh, okay, I agree with it's that. It's better than Two and a Half Men by far. Yes, but, but it's so know. tame. It should be on network TV. It shouldn't be on FX. It doesn't fit the brand. Okay, and maybe uh, maybe you will agree with me on this, but I truly feel that it's below Charlie to do the show. Yeah, 
as we know, a lot of the performers on the show. They have a well, good ensemble cast. Well, but okay, and I don't mean any disrespect to oh, who's the one guy from Spin City who's on that. I love that guy. Um, um, shoot, what's his name? He played Randall. Right, I know exactly who you're yeah. talking about. I just don't remember his name. He's a staple of, of Bill Lawrence stuff too, occasionally mm-hmm. because of well, that, well, yeah, Spin City. But no, I, I, he's a wonderful actor, and like even some okay, some Michael Blair, Boatman. Michael Boatman. <laughs> Everyone but Summer Blair don't normally do TV shows though, yeah. or are they? Summer Blair did Kath and Kim. They they do. Um, well, Sam related to Kath and Kim, but like, I don't know. It just felt like this was the wrong direction to go. Like, I would have liked to seen Charlie do the role of Adam Sandler's character and see. I never saw the movie, so I don't. It's know. not a good movie. That's the, that's why I had no desire to see the movie. The twist though was that Jack Nicholson was just like Adam Sandler at mm-hmm. one point, which is he did get angry a little bit, but then when he did finally blow it, it went pretty bad and he kept getting worse. And then Jack Nicholson had to use the same tactics against him. And they they all it was one of those all the funny stuffs in the trailer, but like in concept, if you would have worked on that and massaged a little bit more, actually, I would say if they made this a single camera comedy, mm-hmm. I think this would have worked if Charlie was the Adam Sandler role. And maybe Michael Boatman or somebody else with a little bit – it's a, an older actor, a little bit more panache, would have been good as the Jack Nicholson role. And said they're trying to have him do the Jack Nicholson role but not really and it doesn't really work that well mm. for me. Um, I, I just think it's also below Charlie Sheen. Like well, every role he plays himself and yeah. I'm like, Charlie, you're a good actor, buddy. He has. I, he made some good. I love Major League. I know, right? And I, I, I just feel like this is his. I, I just hated Two and a Half Men so much that I'm like, well, this is. Well, a, if you watch this the is better than Two and a Half Men. I, I tried. To, I've tried to watch. It's a number, funny. A number of episodes of different parts of yeah. the run, and I can't get in. I've never been able to get well, into I, it. Well, I don't like the show. To say I want to watch it every week yeah. or anything, but the first few seasons were okay. Now the ratings for anger management plummeted huge yeah. to week two, which we knew they were going to plummet, but it was it, more than expected. Worse. Do you it think they're going to get the ninety? No. Episode order, or maybe I think they might because it's Charlie Sheen. So they're either doing ten or a hundred. There's no in between. So and if they do order the other ninety episodes, they're going to film them all in like two years and be done with it anyway. Probably. Well, so. I, I will say this though. With uh, here's why I sincerely hope if I do do that, I hope that they maybe rework the show in that time frame. They might. Uh, they might. They, they won't though. Um, <sighs> but I, I just I don't know. I feel like it's just a wasted opportunity for Charlie, and yeah. I know why he's doing what the way the show is is because. If, let me do a show exactly like Two and a Half Men mm-hmm. and be better than you. And, of course, it's not. Yeah. I mean, it is content-wise, but rating-wise, it's not, and that sucks. Yeah. So, I can test. But Wilfred. Wilfred. Um, that show is so weird. And the preview episode was really – I loved the preview episode. I did too. Uh, but it annoyed me that they didn't build that as the season premiere and then they built the other ones as the season premiere because – the preview episode was the follow-up to last year's finale. And without that preview episode, if you had just came in at the season premiere, you would have felt like you were missing something. Now, maybe it's me, but did you feel like the second episode in, or the normal premiere was actually like part two of the first episode? Not really. Uh, to I me, it so. Well, I, or I, I just wish they aired them both together because the first episode, while it was very funny – it didn't. It, it pissed me off. It was its own thing, for sure. Right, and I didn't like that. Like, I don't oh. mind when it does that in the middle of the season, but when you open, like, your big thing is, is like, we threw this big fuck you out there, and then you're, mm. it, it almost was like South Park doing Terrence and Phillip with... Uh, I disagree. I thought the preview episode was 
the right follow-up for the finale. And the first regular episode, I was kind of bored. I was disappointed. Yeah, in see, it. I, I disagree with that. I was, that was exactly what I wanted from uh, what I normally want from Wilfred. I like when they do stuff like that in the fir- in the preview mm-hmm. episode. But I just want – okay, and I, I, I got read, shit mm-hmm. on Twitter. A lot of people gave me shit on Twitter for my review on TV King, which was – uh, I just said, look, I like the show, but I wanted a little bit. I, I just wanted like a, even a half answer. Oh, about the preview? On the preview episode. Now, see, I didn't get any shit for my preview episode, which I loved. But when I shit yeah, on the did. first episode back a bit, I got shit on that too. And I think we're bo- I think we're exposing something about Wilford in that there are at least two groups of fans that want two completely different things from the show. Right. And because it wasn't ever clear in the first season – what the show was, right. it's attracted different viewers who have different hopes. And so one of us is always going to be pissed off about it right? because it delivers what I want, not what you want, or vice versa. Well, look, I don't mind that they do stuff like that, but I just want – if it would have maybe taken like what? One scene to just clearly – not I don't want a complete answer. I get the concept of teasing you and stringing you along like mm-hmm. Lost does. Or, and like how Wilfred had done, I thought, actually rather successfully up mm-hmm. until that point. But when you do a, almost a complete spit in your face, middle finger up to you, fuck you, with his, you're, we're not giving you anything, mm-hmm. really. It's all been a fake out, which was very clever. I like that. I thought I was like, holy shit, that's fucking great. That the basement didn't exist? No. No, I no. That was interesting. I'm talking about the episode, the preview episode back, mm-hmm. which was a giant fuck you, which is oh, not really in the sanitary. The dream sequence is the reality. Oh, that was cool. Right. I, I thought early in the episode that might be the case. Like it wasn't a big shocking surprise, but I still loved it. And when Robin Williams started doing the Goodwill, like they called him out yes. on being the Goodwill hunting character, yeah. I was like, that is oh, that awesome. is hilarious. But yeah. then at the end, he, he just goes and Brian down. Bumgardner was like his assistant. And then it was Wilford. And I, that I didn't see coming. No, right. And I guess that's what made me mad is that at the very end, especially in that last little moment, it just shows him cleaning up the basement mm-hmm. like nothing ever happened. And I'm just like, no. Have one, something just a little bit more there that makes me just go, you feel like it feels like the show's going somewhere. Make up your mind where it's actually what you said. Make up your mind where the show's going. What type of show it is? Is it a show that wants to do stuff like that, but also have an actual answer for you, or is it just a show like what I think, which I think it's really going to be, which is it's like that old Bugs Bunny uh, duck and muck cartoon, which is at the end, Wilfred's going to be smoking a big old bong on. <sighs> that was the end of the show, folks. Ain't I a stinker? Fuck you. Where's Bear? And then he's going to go fuck Bear. And that's the end of the show. I bet you anything that's what the end of the show is going to be. Cause th- but that's what I'm we'll saying. See. I I don't. I would hope for something more. But if it did that, I'd be okay. I just want to know which way it's going to go. It's not. It's still not clear. So yeah, Wilford's one that... But the fact that we get this like heated about it and get yeah. this into it says it, something it means, positive about the show. It means David Zuckerman and his crew and cast are doing something right. They are. They are. I, I, I still watch it weekly. I agree. Well, uh, I have I got on a conference call with Elijah Wood, okay, and I got uh, like three to four minutes. Oh, Woody, yeah. How Woody. is Woody doing? Woody's doing good, and we're gonna play that, and we're gonna take a break, and then uh, we'll be right back right after this with just a little bit more show, sure. barely any. We have a very special treat um, for uh, for you guys, for you listeners out there. It's 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 not too much, uh, but uh, he's taking the time out of his schedule to do this. Uh, it's around uh, nine a.m. there uh, Pacific time there, so it's. Uh, uh, we want to thank Elijah Wood, uh, star of Wilford, which airs this Thursday, to take time out of his schedule um, to do this conference call with uh, myself and a bunch of other individuals. So, uh, 
Good morning. And uh, hi. Good morning. <laughs> and uh, and and how are you? I'm very well. How are you? Well, I, I cannot complain. I cannot complain. Um, well, look, I'll, I'm just going to jump right into it uh, here. Um, so my my first question would be. Um, uh, in the show Wilfred, uh, you play Ryan and, and James Gunn plays uh, Wilfred. But uh, William Wilfred uh, is a manipulative, uh, sort of like little anti Jiminy Cricket. Um, so why does Ryan uh, stick with Wilfred through all the pain and lies that you know he uh, puts him through uh, for a great comical relief? <laughs> the scheming and the lying. Um, that's a good question. I think that you know, as as um, as much as Wilfred cannot entirely be trusted, I also think that, you know, almost entirely those sort of schemes and those lies end up in Ryan learning something and, and Ryan continuing to grow um, and advance as a person um, despite the sort of, uh, you know, the, the methods for getting him there. Um, so I think, you know, deep down Ryan has a sense that Wilfred does have his best interest at heart, even though his methods aren't exactly to be trusted. Um, you know, and I think he's also, <clears throat> he's aware of the fact that he's on a, he's on a kind of path of, of self-discovery and a, and a journey, um, to better, bettering Whoa, himself. That? Apologize for the fire truck. Oh, no, no, you're fine. Um, it, and, and it's his friend. It's the person that knows him the best. It's the person that understands him the best. Um, you know, again, despite the, uh, the difficulties present in their relationships sometimes. It's the person that he can actually rely on and, and, and you know, that can truly understand what, what makes Ryan who he is. I, uh, I remember uh, you saying in a previous interview, or maybe it was David Zuckerman, but uh, at first those little bits at the end of the episode started off uh, as sort of improv little character moments. Um, could you maybe talk a little bit about uh, improvising that? Or will we still see moments like that at the end of the episode where it's just Wolford and Ryan in the basement smoking pot? Or or can you go a little bit further into that? Well, actually, none of those moments are improvised. Um, the, the, script, the scripts are very um, finely tuned. We don't actually have a, a lot of time for improvisation. We're doing, you know, Four day episodes. We're running somewhere between six and nine pages a day of dialogue. So there's we're moving relatively quickly. The pace is fast, so it's difficult to get time for that kind of thing. And those beats, those those kind of couch moments of them sitting together and and um, and hanging out and, and smoking weed at the end of the episodes uh, are also kind of finely tuned um, little moments, little character moments. Um, but yeah, you will be seeing more of them now that we now that we've established that the basement um, does in fact still exist, <laughs> uh, which we can now reveal since people have seen the episode. Um, it yeah, we will see them hanging out in that space more for sure. Um, this last season, uh, or the last season, the first season, you were able to play uh, Ryan, uh, and we got to see him before. Um, the series stars before he com- tries to uh, commit suicide. Um, one of the things that was really interesting is that you, we got to see Ryan as we've never seen him before. He sort of uh, he unleashed his dark evil side. Um, will we be seeing him again in the future? And how was uh, how was that fun playing that kind of uh, different, unique take of Ryan that we've not seen before? It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, it it it, it provided. <clears throat> a color to the character that was very different from the character we're introduced to 
um, and that we'd only kind of ever alluded to um, that side of him in, in the first season until we saw it at the end. Um, so it was great fun to play. It, it, it provided another layer, um, it's sort of an insight, I think, into the darkness that, that lies within him um, that ultimately led him to the place that we found, found him in at the beginning of the first season. Um, I don't know... We won't necessarily see that darkness again. I mean, I think, you know, he, he kind of allowed himself to get to the precipice a little bit, and, and in doing that, he he almost lost everything that was kind of holding him together, Wilford including. So we we see him now having kind of come out of that, that, that space, and I, I don't think it's likely that he'll return there any anytime soon. But we, we now are aware of the fact that that exists. And, and, and to a certain degree, I guess, more importantly, that, that that is ultimately what led to his initial downfall. Um, you know, it was, it was that activity, um, that sort of selfish activity and, and doing things that he knew were wrong, um, you know, despite the fact that he knew them, um, that kind of put him in the place that made Wilford come into his life in the first place, I think. You are also uh, very well known uh, for iconically playing Frodo, and now you're also playing uh, 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 Ryan in Wilfred. Um, speaking of, of Frodo, are you going to, I mean, did the filming of The Hobbit interfere in any way with Wilfred, or, or maybe vice versa, where Wilfred interfered with The Hobbit, or, or could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, they, they've been filming um, The Hobbit for about a year. And I, I jumped onto it um, in July, a little bit in July last year, and a little bit in October. So it was all, all done prior to a season starting on the second season. Well, one of the big differences, of course, between The Hobbit and, and Wolford is, is that Wolford is, is a television show. Um, can you maybe go into the differences about TV and film? Well, the pace is, is, is more intense. Um, we move at a much faster rate than, than films typically do. Um, like I said earlier, we're, you know, we're, we're doing about four day episodes. So it's quite a lot of material in a short amount of time. Um, so the pace is fast, you know, we're having, I'm having to kind of keep up. Um, I have just about enough time to get home every night, go over the next day's work, get some sleep and, and go at it again. Um, so that's a market difference. Um, and I think the thing that was interesting for me, you know, this is all relatively new, um, being a, on a television show and, and being within a, a, a comedy. And what was so interesting last year is when it first aired, the realization of the fact that it was in people's living rooms every week. <laughs> it was such an interesting experience. I've never experienced that. I'm used to making something over, uh, you know, X amount of time, releasing it onto the world in cinemas, and then it, it goes away. But... You know, we were in people's living rooms for the course of, of the summer, um, which was so interesting. It was this thing that was kind of happening every week um, and that people were kind of constantly reacting to. And it was uh, it was an enjoyable experience, and I'm looking forward to, to people seeing it again and, and kind of reacting to, to more of what we've done. One of the things that uh, I thought was really cool in, in the uh, first episode back was that you worked with Robin Williams. Uh, could you maybe talk a little bit about what that was like working with Robin, uh, you know? Uh, oh, it was a joy. It was such a treat. Such a treat for all of us. Um, you know, we're all massive fans of his. And, I, you know, I've had the pleasure of working with Robin a number of times um, in in the, the two Happy Feet films uh, doing voice work. 
and he's just a, a delightful human being, um, so incredibly humble and so hilarious and, and obviously an icon. Um, you know, to get a chance to, to bring him into our world on Wilford was was a, a total joy. And we, we were, it was funny, we were sitting across from each other doing a scene and we realized that, and he said it, you know, this is the first time that we actually got to play a scene together in, in the flesh, like in front of each other and, and on film. Um, and he was saying how enjoyable that was, uh, which was which was wonderful. It was great to actually, you know, have a tangible space to work in <laughs> as actors. Um, it was great. And I think, you know, I think he had a wonderful time. He worked with us for a few days. Um, and, and uh, you know, I think he loved our crew and he regaled people with, with stories and he spent almost all of his time hanging out on set. Mm-hmm. Um, it was wonderful. It, was, it elevated our, our, our episode as well. It was a real, a real treat for us. Well, um, that's I mean that's so awesome because uh, Robin Williams is is uh, as you said has to be a real joy or treat to work with. Um, uh, one of the guest stars you had last year was Mary Steenburgen, and um, she played your mom. Uh, will we see more of her this season, um, possibly? You will be seeing Mary again, um, and we particularly love working with her. She's she's amazing. You know the, the one shame about about doing sort of these these small episodes is that we only get our our guests in for a short amount of time. Um, you know, sometimes a, a character will feature literally for an episode only and so we only get them for a couple of days or three days. Um and that was the case obviously last year with Mary because she was only in that one episode and but it felt like working with her when she left we missed her. It felt like she was with us the entire time. She just has this beautiful presence to her and such warmth and kindness um, that emanates from her. She's incredible in the role. She has the right amount of, of sort of madness and sweetness um, in the character, and I think she gave great insight in, uh, as to sort of where Ryan comes from. Um, so we were we were so excited to, to see her again and to work with her again this season. Um, she's wonderful. Well, uh, we don't want to take any more of your time. Uh, thank you very much for answering our questions uh, from this conference call. And uh, we hope uh, we hope you. We're, we're so excited for Wilfred season two. Uh, again, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this. You're welcome. No matter what you say about us, this is absolute lunacy, folks. And no matter how you say it, if someone says conversate, it is not a word. How do you like this crazy show, honey? The show is a disaster. We have got to put a stop to this, folks. Remember, remember, we encourage it. You're not conversating with me. You're either conversing or you're communicating. TalkSuperstation.com. Well, I better get on the air. Who knows? Uh, somebody might be listening. Talk. This is bull capital S with a hit. Spoken here. You know a book I just read? What? The Hunger Games. Oh, that movie was Ooh. fantastic, but uh, I heard the book was way better. Mm, me too. It was fantastic, actually. Yeah, I, I just wish I could read it. I don't have time to read it, or any book, really. Yeah, well, it's just hard for Nate and I to, to get a book in, because with student teaching and, you know, with my job and everything. I get it, guys. I do. With being married and having a little girl and running a business, I'm busy all the time, too. That is why I listen to audiobooks on my MP3 player. It helps me stay in touch with books I want to read and allows me to fit it in between the rest of my responsibilities. That is why, for some of you listening to the Good, the Bad, and the Geeky podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. Oh, wow. I was able to sign up and get a free copy of a Game of Thrones. 
Do they have like a Bossy Pants by Tina Fey? You bet your sweet bippy they do. Awesome. So if you'd like to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash goodbaggeeky. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com forward slash goodbaggeeky for your free audiobook. And we're back. That was a great interview. That was, I can't you. wait to hear it when it gets posted. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks for, thanks <laughs> for, for breaking this. the wall. God, you always break the wall. I know. Like you just like I love even, breaking the wall. It's not even deserving to be broken though. That's the thing that makes me mad. Like if if it would deserve to be broken, I'd be totally for that. But you're just like, there's a wall. Let's go fucking through that thing. And I'm just exactly. like, no. This is how people get killed in car crashes. Yep, exactly. Um, what is left on my list are two series. Mm-hmm. They are my two favorite shows of the summer. One's a sitcom, one's a drama on two different networks. One's on HBO, awkward. one's on MTV. Awkward. Yeah, this is a bit awkward, isn't it? It's awkward that it's awkward. Um, awkward is back, and Awkward continues to be fantastic. Jenna had to confront her mom about the carefortation letter, and that's blown up majorly. Her parents have split up over it. Which was neat. And the whole like love triangle thing, they're really handling in an authentic way. It's really neat. Um, They've given the guidance counselor promotion to vice principal, but I can't help but think it's going to be temporary because she won't let anybody replace her as guidance counselor. Weird. She's trying to do both jobs. Uh So, I mean, she had a replacement, but nothing that other girl did satisfy her. She kept going off on her for no reason. Right. So, I mean... I love Awkward. It's clever. It's well-written. The characters seem so real. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just something really neat on television. It's MTV, shows MTV can do a great job. It's Lauren Ingrich or Ingrich or something. Uh-huh. I you know, have only email correspondence. So I can't say the creator's only name. Only a few thousand times. I'm well, actually, we did exchange some emails with the premiere stuff. Um, yeah, I know. I was being facetious, Jimmy. No, I mean the premiere this week. I was back no, I know, Jimmy. Oh, okay. I was being facetious. Uh, being I fan. love her. She's fantastic. And I love her show. It's amazing. Well, Every episode, I just... The light for 30 minutes. A few minutes. people who were really looking forward to it, like Mo Ryan and uh, uh, Seven Wall, they, they were looking forward and they felt a little let down. I don't remember the really? reasons why. Well, I just remember that was like the, how they're, they just like, I uh, feel a little let down by the premiere of Awkward. Click here to find out why. Or in case you missed it, here's my review of Awkward. It could have mm. been, I was looking for more. And I'm like, oh. really? And they were like, yeah, I, the show. I completely disagree. I felt it gave me exactly what I was looking for. Now, again, I've not seen it because I was one of those, that pissed me off. Middle of the summer, uh, earlier in the summer, Netflix put Teen Wolf on there. And I was all excited. They're going to put probably Awkward on there. They mm-hmm. hadn't put Awkward on there yet. Well, and one of our close friends, uh, Amanda Bailey, who's been on the show before, she heard me talk up Awkward, but she had already missed the first few episodes she last summer. It? No, um, she tried to record it over and over again. And MTV would schedule like marathons and reruns and then change their schedule at the last minute and change the episodes. You know, because MTV fucks with their schedule terribly. And mm-hmm. so she tried to record it like five times last year when they were supposed to rerun the I first did season. I actively at one point look for like a, a few weeks for mm-hmm. Awkward and they would never play. They kept playing fucking Teen Mom. <sighs> My sister watches that. that. Um, yeah, I do too. But it's brilliant. I just wish MTV would do a better job of handling letting people see it. Because like Amanda would have been won over and become a fan if she could I ever would've. get her hands yeah. on season one. Well, if if you somehow get a hold of season one, I, along with Amanda, would be in line to win I would be that. plenty willing to buy that show. I love that show. So I will look into if it came out on DVD. I didn't even check. I should. Yeah. Um, and the other awesome new show this summer. Well, Awkward, this is season two. But the other new show that's just 
fantastic is the newsroom. Yeah. I love Aaron Sorkin. It's It's like everything I want our media to be. I mean, the whole speech about America is not the greatest country in the world. I know it's preaching to the choir that the only people tuning into this show are the people that agree with the viewpoints. Mm -hmm. But, and, and in that way, it's preachy. It's, which I just said preaching to the choir. So that's kind of redundant to call it preachy, but I'm redundant all the time. Jimmy never stops me. You're good. I'm never redundant, but at the same time, I, I don't repeat myself. So, Oh, I do. That's this whole show is a giant repeat of that sentence. Yes. Uh, okay. Just checking. I didn't know if you caught that I was being redundant on purpose. That was like suits. The, uh, redundancy report. Make sure you get the redundancy reports. And at the same time, make sure like they made that joke like three times in an episode, the redundancy thing. Never mm-hmm. mind. I love suits. Yeah. Uh, it's been great so far. But anyway, the newsroom. Um, Sorkin at his finest. Awesome characters. Mm-hmm. The second episode kind of lagged a bit, and then the third one recovered with the old tea, anti-tea party thing. Yes. Um, and Jane Fonda was fucking amazing. Yes, and I love was. that she just sat there Almost for most of the episode. episode. Yeah, and didn't say anything. Until the very end. I mean, that's a Sorkin thing to do, but... Yeah. Uh, again, there's... I mean, it's so classic Sorkin. It's nothing new in that respect but it feels new well i remember that when they said about the newsroom they were treating it like it's a limited series even though they've already picked it up for a second season next year no that was before it even aired they were saying that that was limited yeah it's a it's a one season thing oh they've already renewed it for season two i know that that's what i was trying to get to but then Uh, they renewed it i just find that to be sort of funny i was like does aaron sorkin know that or, did, or does HBO know Aaron Sorkin's been sort of saying this is a one season thing, and then you've been promoting it as a one season thing? Does he is he okay with it? I didn't. I'm sure HBO would just be like one season thing. Fucking hire some, uh, they, hmm. they don't they won't because it's fucking Aaron Sorkin. But, you got to keep Aaron Sorkin. Oh, I know. Keep him happy. I know. But, Give him whatever money he wants because the newsroom yeah. is brilliant. So um, and HBO subscribers, I feel like are the total. Um perfect audience for this for I, I the people that subscribe to hbr are the people like me who are gonna just jizz their pants over it well i i i just love sorkin's dialogue in general like <sighs> so in, good. and he makes some excellent points and i agree with almost like 98 percent of them and and even if the one the two percent i don't he finds a way to word it that i go hmm that's something to think maybe, about yeah. yeah maybe so and he has a real cadence a little ebb and flow of his dialogue anyway that i find to be delightful yes um, and to be, as Louis would say, wonderful. But well, I don't sound gay saying that. But it's wonderful. It really is. And honestly, the week after I watched the premiere, uh, I made like three other people wa- at separate times watch just that first scene um, with the America's Not the Greatest Country in the World speech mm-hmm. and won every single one of them over so that they were going and finding the episodes that they'd missed. So I'm like trying to bring in new fans, at least one new fan a week. That's my motto or goal. Wow. Not my motto. Kind of my goal. Not really, but that's the way it's worked out so far. I'm, I keep getting people and everybody, all you do show on that scene and they're hooked. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. Well, I want to talk about two shows. Okay. Um, it's not girls. We already, yeah, well, it's we been know, over it's, for a while. It's been over for a while. So there's no really point to talk about. What that, other but, shows do um, you have left? Um, I cannot stop singing its praises, which is not surprising because I seem to be like kissing its ass all the time, but I'm, I, I, Royal Pains. I'm still on season two. I, I really need to catch up. Um, and so I, I, I have watched some in the last week or two. Is it growing on you a little bit more? No, I was already into it after I marathoned season one last summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been on season two forever. And I have actively been watching an uh, episode here and there. So I'm well, not stagnant. Have they introduced but... Paige yet in season two? No. Uh, 
Well, I so I do apologize, being that you're, you're a little bit mm-hmm. behind. But um, Paige Collins is added to the cast. Jill Collins, Jill is no longer in the cast. Um, and uh, there was a little bit of a shaky start in the season with how they handled that, mm-hmm. because I think I know why. In the back of my head, I think they're trying to do that because you know how some shows they go a character leaves at the beginning, in yeah. the first episode or the last episode, but. What if you like? It's like on The Sopranos. What if we killed not in the season finale, but like the episode before? Yeah, no one's expecting. It's the same thing. It's like three episodes into the season. That's when Jill leaves, and you're just like, "Oh, okay. Why didn't you just do? Oh, I maybe I hope that's what you're doing." But uh, Evan and Hank finally get into a big argument from last season, and they split. Okay. So Hank Mids at war with itself. I figured that would happen at some point. I mean, they've had enough little fights that I've seen. No, right, but that's what I'm saying. But the thing is, is like it feels, and this I talk about this in my political animals review, which by the way, we'll talk about that next time after you've seen it. Because sorry, I, I should have seen it by okay. now. I have access to a screen. Well, you've been copy. busy moving. You're yeah, fine. I've, You're I fine. have been very busy this week. Um, I and I'm in class and all that. Uh, I love it a great deal. Um, but uh, one of the things I talk about in my review is that shows need to earn it. Yeah, they need to earn those moments, and I think some shows don't do that. Or it's like you know, Heroes was a is a or uh, you might disagree with this. I don't think Glee earns those moments. Heroes doesn't earn those moments um, either. Like especially crime shows, like I like CSI occasionally every once in a while, but it doesn't earn those moments. You know, shows need to actually earn the moments they get, and I think that Royal Pains after building that all up. Every there was a moment where Hank and Evan sit down and they say everything that you wanted them to say, and it's the middle of the season. Mm. There's so much more they still need left to do, but it feels real, it feels earned, and it feels not it feels genuine. And still, even though they don't get everything out that needs to be said, they do. It felt like a very nice, complete scene, and I was like, this is like one of the best episodes of the show I've ever seen, and I was so happy that it happened. And then they're doing all kinds of other stuff too because Royal Pains, you might have noticed is very careful to keep bringing people back. They're very clear about that, which I find to be nice because my complaint about necessary roughness... Ugh. Right, no, but here's the thing about that. I had three episodes saved up. Uh, I know, I'm so I'm, I'm a bad person. You're a bad person for wanting to continue to watch that after the first shitty episode. Well, Fairly Legal won me over in such a big uh, way. Fairly Legal. I tried to get back into season two after uh, you told me that, and I still couldn't get into it. I watched like three or four episodes of season two. Plus, uh, the did season you get to the finale. scene with Ben and Kate where he he turns her down? Yeah. Oh, see that that right there won me mm. over. Like anything I was on the fence about with 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 Ben and the show, I was like, I don't like Kate anymore. I just mm. want to see the Ben show. I know that's not what people watch for that, but yeah. I, I was like, oh, I'm sold. No, I'm not. That show could not did not get me. Um, but necessary reference was sort of the same way. Like I like all the stuff going on with the Hawks. But the only problem is they would spend so much time doing these other cases of the week thing that it just – and to me it didn't make as much sense because therapy is not like a doctor like at Royal Pains where you know a patient comes mm-hmm. in for like a quick checkup and they're healed. This is mental anguish. Take, right. isn't Yeah. It just bothered me. And so um, – and I remember they, I had like three or four episodes queued up and I watched them all in one setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them, it was almost like, like you said about suits, which I, I, I was like, Oh, this is what Jimmy said about suits, which is the cases of the week. They're only like maybe not even 10 minutes of the episode. The rest they, of it's all about say, the They the don't talks. spend much. And even when they do do cases of the week, it's incidental. It's more to further a character's plot than it is. No, exactly. And that's, and that's how I felt like that necessary reference was starting to do. Now again, and so my experiment is this, which is I'm going to keep taping the show but not watch it week to week. I'm going to t- watch it all in one setting 
because I think that was a complaint I had in my Futurama review, which is maybe because I watched Futurama in DVD all in one sitting where multiple, and I would go back and just rewatch it over and over and over again. And now I'm watching it week to week. Maybe that those two episodes that you and I both thought we were, they thought they tried too hard on. Maybe like if we would have watched it on DVD, maybe we were like, this is great. Yeah. Maybe I can see that. So I'm just trying to. It's a whole different viewing experience. I agree. Right. So now granted, if it still does, I, I still do not like the fact they do what they do. But um, and I always hope that they do keep bringing other stars back besides TK. Yeah. But um, I was actually thoroughly engrossed, surprisingly. I want to be very clear. Mm-hmm. Surprised that I was engrossed that much. And also, I like Matt Blucas, too. They, I liked him Buffy's back. Buffy's boy. Mm-hmm. I liked him back in the Buffy days, even though nobody else liked nope. him. But uh, I, 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 well, that's the thing, though. They finally put him and Danny together, too, because that was my big complaint, which is why do you have these couples that have so much great chemistry together that you're not just and Annie. <laughs> yeah, but that feels more natural. Like, I don't know. Like, they, they've written, they've handled that, I thought, except for the like maybe the end of last season, very well. But everything up to that point, I thought, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. But And Dallas and Bunheads have both been very good. So it's been a good summer. And Longmire is okay. I've still been watching yeah, it. Yeah, everyone said about Longmire, and I'm like, eh. Yeah. I've still been watching it. It's been, you know. Okay. Uh, oh, before we sign sure. off, yes. check out my new website, DromeWetzel.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife did the design yes, um, and it's finally finalized as of like Friday and I think it looks really good mm-hmm. and uh, not just my TV reviews and link to Good Bad Geeky I don't know if you noticed I did notice uh, besides that there's also fiction posted I didn't read it yet, but I saw that I saw on the Facebook fan page that you also mm-hmm. have which you can get off the website uh, well the the first episode of our web series that we still hope to film later this mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. Um, is posted so that you can download the script and read it. Just episode one. Gotcha. Because I don't think we're going to do much to change episode one. We might do a little bit, but sure. that's the draft. That's the current draft. I'm not saying it's... I think it even says on it when you download it, not a finalized draft. Sure. Um, and my first book, which is still on sale on Amazon, I've really wanted to go back and rework some things, make the characters a little more defined, make it some things a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and the prologue, I, I can't say that I changed that much in the prologue. I added a few paragraphs here and there. I feel like the prologue was already pretty strong, um, but the prologue is posted. I'm currently working on chapter one, and oh my god, that needs some work. So, I've been reworking chapter one. That should be posted sometime in August. I'm not going to promise a date because I'm busy and I don't know exactly when it'll happen, but I am good, working on good it. Good man. Uh, at my goal... I would like to get two chapters a month because if I do one chapter a month, it's going to take over two years to put up the whole book. Sure. Um, but realistically, I'm only promising one chapter a month. Just if I can get two chapters, great. I'm only promising one. So July, I posted the prologue. Sometime in August, probably early August, will be chapter one. I'd okay. love to get chapter two done in August, but by September at the latest, off chapter two. Um, so yeah, besides my TV reviews, you get some fiction, mm-hmm. uh, both in a novelized format and in a um, screenwriting web series format. That's right. So it's, it's a very cool website. I've thank played you. Around with it, yeah, I like I like it. And uh, again, it's JeromeWetzelTV.com. No, just JeromeWetzel.com. JeromeWetzel.com. To be more encompassing, now, not the just one, the TV. Now reviews. I'm the one messing up your exactly. website address. No, com, and I'm trying to figure out how to get ActorsNightmare.com to point to that. I haven't done it yet, so don't go to ActorsNightmare.com. It's like five years out of date, but I'm keeping the domain. Um, I'll just point it over to JeromeWetzel.com. So JeromeWetzel.com. 
That's your source for me. Check it out. It's yes. got links to my new Facebook fan page, my Twitter account, and mm-hmm. Pinterest. And we will have uh, links on the show notes Yay. for this episode for all that. So you can follow. If, if, if you're not already following Jimmy, uh, I hate to say this and I apologize. My followers have but been going you. up again lately. Thank you. Well, no, that's no, but here's the thing. Yours going up, mine's going down. And I, I don't I know, saw you tweet that. I don't know why. Like I've not done anything different. Do you notice we have about the same amount of followers? Really? Maybe, maybe there's like a, a, a tide war. You've got a f- just a few more than me right now, but really? we don't follow. Yeah, you're like 560s and yeah. I'm 530s, but we don't follow the same amount of people. If you look, I follow about 100 people and that's it. I used to follow thousands. Now I follow about 100 people. I have way more people follow me. You follow like 1,500 people. So Nick is the better man to go out there. And well, no, there are generally people out there that I, I, I am interested in, uh-huh. and so I follow them, like celebrities. Well, the, here's my criteria for following someone. Yeah. And listen up if you're interested. Um, I will follow celebrities who I enjoy reading their stuff. Uh, I think some of my favorites, Damon Lindelof, Bill Lawrence, Michaeline Black, Rob Delaney is hilarious. Um, trying to think who else I follow Jade Espenson. Uh, uh, I know there are some other ones, but then I also follow people that interact with me. Um, any of my readers that get on Twitter and retweet my stuff, start writing at to me and asking mm-hmm. things or giving me their opinions. If you want to interact with me, I'll follow you. I'm just not following a bunch of people just to follow them. Right. I'm, it's not that I'm trying to be discriminatory. If you're on there talking to me, no problem. I'll be happy to follow you. Right. Uh, I'm just not going to follow dead weight around that. You know, you understand? I think I do. I think I so, do. I'd love to hear from you. I love interacting with others and getting other people's opinions. Conversing. I do. Yeah. I, I really do. You There's do. some awesome people on Twitter that I talk to on a regular basis. All right. Well, uh, with that said, mm-hmm. um, I think... Before I fall asleep, let's yeah, end this, puppy. Let's end this. 614-364-4088 or goodbaggeek at gmail.com. Anything you want to talk to us or write us about, we'll have it. Matter of fact, I think the next Jerome Wetzel episode, we will do good... Or we'll, do, uh, we'll do... Mailbag day? You'll do mailbag day. Mailbag day! And then, um, so that thanks everyone for listening and Thank uh, you. you have a good one. Get out of here without cheese. You're a creep. Go away. We're having a good time until you start up cheapers. Uh, go have some coffee with cream or something because I'll tell you something. This is a happy place. What the fuck am I supposed to say? <laughs> what the fuck is that?